Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Say Zay is March 27th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we have some very exciting news, especially if you're a fan of the Miami Dolphins. Some blockbuster news, a very massive trade. Actually, two happened yesterday. You've probably seen it all over Twitter. As a matter of fact, the Dolphins were one of the top trending topics across the entire country because of this trade. Just a massive series of deals. A lot of people are praising Chris Greer for what he was able to pull off. So, of course, we're going to be diving into that. But first, we're going to begin here with the massive trade that happened with the Miami Dolphins. The first part of this news, something that's been mentioned heavily in regards to the Dolphins is, could they trade down? They have the number three pick. This draft class has quite a bit of talent at the quarterback position, and there are some teams that are very needy at the quarterback position. So could they trade down, get a pretty big haul in return for that number three pick? Well, that is indeed what ended up happening yesterday. The San Francisco 49ers made a trade with the Dolphins. The Dolphins traded the number three overall pick to San Francisco for the number 12 pick. They swap there. They also get a 2021 third round pick. And then they also have first round picks in 2022 and 2023. So again, a massive deal. They got a huge haul from that. If there was any sort of negative people could point to, it's that falling all the way down to number 12 would, you know, basically guarantee that they lose out on a guy like Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell. The likelihood of one of those guys falling, even Devontae Smith goes down drastically all the way to number 12. But then the Dolphins were not done. They made another trade here with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Eagles traded pick number six and number 156 to the Dolphins. So the Dolphins now have number six and the Dolphins had to give up that pick 12 from San Francisco, pick number 123 and a first round pick in 2022. So basically the net of all of this, the Dolphins traded down from pick number three to pick number six and they also get a first round pick in 2023 out of this. And it's also important to note, they don't have a first round pick of their own in 2022, the next year's draft. What they have is San Francisco's first round pick there, which I think is also a pretty sneaky thing to include because if you consider what the 49ers might be doing, drafting another quarterback there at number three, potentially switching from Garoppolo to a rookie, that may not be a great season for San Francisco in a very tough division. It might end up being a better pick than Miami's would have been considering, you know, Miami's on that upward trajectory and they have a lot more young guys that are kind of coming into their own. So to discuss each of these teams, there's three teams in Involved in this trade. Of course, we will begin with the outlook for the Miami Dolphins. This is, in my view, a phenomenal trade. This isn't coming from a place of homerism when I say that. I do think this was an awesome move because the important thing here is I don't think it changes Miami's plan, this upcoming draft, that much. And they were able to get a pretty big haul in return and they don't really have to change much. I mean, going from pick number three to number six, they still may be looking at getting a guy like Penny Sewell, getting a guy like Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, all of those guys they might have been eyeing at number three, there's a guarantee that at least one of them, at least, there might be several of them, available at number six, just because of how we're likely going to be seeing quarterbacks flying off the board for those first couple of picks. So, I mean, you look at the draft order, Trevor Lawrence obviously goes number one, and then you have the Jets, they're presumed to either go Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, and then you have now the San Francisco 49ers, and let's just assume they go quarterback here, and that is why they made that trade. So now you have another 
younger quarterback, and then you have the Atlanta Falcons. And what are they going to do? Well, you know, Matt Ryan's definitely up there in age. They don't look like they're in a position to truly be competitive uh, next season. It's very likely that they want to kind of uh, rebuild a little bit and go for a quarterback as well. So you have potentially four quarterbacks gone. You have the Cincinnati Bengals, who, you know, uh, apparently Joe Burrow's been making a strong case for them going and getting his former teammate in Jamar Chase. But you also have to remember that Joe Burrow suffered a catastrophic knee injury because of all that pressure that was collapsing on those edges. They could easily go Penny Sewell as well. So again, from the Dolphins' perspective, if that scenario does indeed play out, if we see four quarterbacks, which, uh, you know, is a pretty rare thing, go off the board consecutively, and then we have the Bengals either go Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase, that guarantees the Dolphins at least between Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell, Devontae Smith, uh, Kyle Pitts, Michael Parsons, it's going to guarantee them at least one of those guys. So even if they were particularly eyeing a guy like Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell, their plan B is still such a phenomenal talent at that point, and they're able to add a first and a third round pick by making this move. I think it's phenomenal. So overall, I don't think it changes too much for the Dolphins' plans. I think they're still going to aim for just an extremely talented skill position guy at that spot. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Again, if they could land either of the guys like Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, I've seen a lot of people really forget what Devontae Smith was doing specifically towards the end of the season and in that national championship. It's kind of crazy to me how people are so easy to forget. And trust me, I am very big on Jamar Chase, but people have Devontae Smith falling all the way past 15 at this point, which I don't think is likely. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami takes him here at number six. So overall, just a phenomenal move. I don't think anybody should be looking at this and being disappointed that the talent drop off from three to six is going to be something serious. I still think there's a very high likelihood that they get their guy and they were able to just uh, add some more, you know, capital, draft capital by making this move. So uh, to look at this from the other team's perspectives as well, the San Francisco 49ers, you know, a popular phrase, I think it's more in the medical field than anything, but it's something along the lines of zebra analogy that if you hear hooves, think horse and not zebra, just because you have to think of what is the most likely scenario in this. And I have to think, okay, if they're trading this much to move up to three, it's going to be for a quarterback. This also happens to coincide with Zach Wilson putting on an absolute show in his pro day. So, you know, I'm seeing the stars aligning. I think they are obviously going to go quarterback. You might have an Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation here uh, in San Francisco the same way. They're going to let the veteran in Jimmy Garoppolo play it out. Maybe he will be able to last a season, but maybe they will pull him in favor of their new guy. Regardless of that, I think there's going to be a young talent in San Francisco in the stable at the quarterback position who's going to be taking over for Garoppolo. I think we have seen enough through this point in his career to recognize where his ceiling is, and I think that's just going to show where San Francisco is going to go. Uh, Now, as for which quarterback it's going to be, if you remember back, I was very big on Justin Fields going number two, and and I wanted to say that that wasn't a slight at Zach Wilson. I think he is also a phenomenal talent, but at this point, I mean, the throws he was making in his pro day and all the hype that's being generated, honestly, at this point, if he goes number two, I wouldn't be shocked either. I I am completely abandoning that opinion where Justin Fields was the lock at number two just because the amount of hype that's generated over Zach Wilson in a short amount of time and what he's been able to show, you know, it's been very impressive and I can't downplay that. So at this point, at number two going to New York, I have a 50-50 between Fields and Zach Wilson. I wouldn't be shocked with it going uh, in either one of these directions. San Francisco will be able to land whichever guy doesn't go to New York. Now, the last team that was involved in these trades is the Philadelphia Eagles, who again traded uh, down from pick number six. They get the 
Dolphins pick, which they acquired from San Francisco. They go to 12, and they also get a first-round pick courtesy of the Miami Dolphins. So honestly, I don't really know what to think from the Philadelphia Eagles' perspective. This is a very frustrating move, I think. If I was a fan of them, I'd be extremely frustrated because it seems like they're holding on by a thread when it comes to just going into a full rebuild. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be able to show that he is the guy. I would not bet on it. I would bet against it. I think there is still a lot left to be desired from him at the quarterback position. He doesn't really have that many weapons around him to really help him take a next step anyway. So I think the Eagles are right there on the fringe. If they have a few games where they start off the season poorly, I wouldn't be shocked if they just go full rebuild mode and start sending and shipping people left and right. Just frankly, just based off this one trade. I think in at pick number six, they were in an awesome spot to land a guy like Jamar Chase. The Eagles fan base has been just craving an absolute true wide receiver one. And it seems like it's going to be tough to really deliver on that when they trade down. I mean, at least the likelihood of it gets a little bit harder because again, this is a franchise. And I say it frequently. They passed on DK Metcalf or JJ Arthego Whiteside. And then on top of that, they also passed on Justin Jefferson for Jalen Rager. And I think Rager could be all right, but I think everyone knew when they made that pick, if you just look at what Rager offers, I don't know if he's a true wide receiver one. He could be an awesome number two option, uh, but as a primary target, I don't think many people really regarded him as that. So that was a little bit shocking as well. So I thought they were sitting at a perfect spot to land that true wide receiver one. They end up trading down. That's going to make it a lot more difficult. You know, it's hard to completely hate on the move because they do get a first round pick out of it, but I just think it would have worked out. You get a true wide receiver one for Hertz. If he works out, it helps him take the next step. If it doesn't, the next guy that you end up getting, if it's a bad season, is going to have an awesome wide receiver to be paired with. But now, you know, it really, uh, really makes me think that the Eagles are just holding on by a thread from going full rebuild mode. The whole situation over there with Howie Roseman really makes me frustrated for Eagles fans. I've never seen a team really collapse to this level after winning a Super Bowl. It is really just crazy to see, and it seems like everything keeps going wrong for them. So, I mean, we'll see how it pans out. Maybe they get absolute home runs with that extra first round pick. But as of right now, I'm, I'm, it's a big question mark for me. It's hard for me to easily look at this and say, yeah, that's a great move for Philadelphia. It's a big question mark. Overall, though, from the Dolphins perspective, you're our fan of the team. I think there are just plenty of reasons to be excited. I saw someone tweet that it's going to be a weird day when there is a draft and the Dolphins only have one pick in that draft just because we're getting so accustomed to having multiple. But if they draft properly over these next couple of years, uh, it's going to be very fun to watch. A lot of young talent, a lot of guys that are going to be put in very good positions to be uh, successful very early on in their careers. I think Mike said it best uh, over there at Dolphins Talk that it was fun rooting uh, for the, the Houston Texans to be bad. Well, now the Dolphins will be able to watch San Francisco, hope they play poorly, and they will be able to reap the benefits of that as well. But guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up today's episode. As always, if you like to follow the podcast on Twitter, that is at Via the Source. If you want to follow me, that is at Shady Steven. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to help out, it would mean a lot if you could leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. If you have any comments or uh, positive words, questions, or topics, things that I can improve on, any feedback, feel free to leave it there in the comments as well. I'll definitely uh, check in on it for the next episode if there's any sort of comments or topics or suggestions. But guys, that is how I'm going to wrap it up. Until next time, I'm Steve Amasso, and this was Via the Source.